All right, everyone, welcome back to the show. Talk to Tatiana. And today with me, I have Eleni Anastas. She's a business strategist and a prosperity coach. She helps entrepreneurs and C-suite executives overcome money and mindset blocks so that they can create income, impact, and lifestyle that, that, that they desire. She understands that external results only come from internal changes and draws upon her background in business and psychology to build tailored programs for her clients. Her no-nonsense approach ensures that you will waste no time getting the results that you want. Welcome, Eleni. It's so great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. Awesome. So, Eleni, tell me a little bit about how you got into this career and this into this business of working with with entrepreneurs and C-suite executives, and what exactly do you do with them? Well, many, many moons ago, I was working for private funding groups and helped small to medium business owners get money when the bank said no, like accounts receivable financing, equipment leasing. And instinctively, I wanted to help them holistically with everything that was going on in their business. But one of the most common themes that I saw, whether somebody was making 50000 a year or millions a year, was that they had a contentious relationship with money. You know, they treated it like it was this necessary evil. And that just created such a struggle for them because if you're a business owner, money touches every aspect of your business. And if you treat it like a necessary evil, that's going to severely limit your income and your impact. And I don't want to see people struggle. And even, you know, executives, they, they may be earning a great wage, but are they making the impact that they want? Are they tying their worth, their value to that money? So it affects everybody, uptown, downtown, all levels. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you find that there is a certain trend or commonality between people, whether they're entrepreneurs or they work as an executive, as an executive, um, if there's a commonality between their approach to money and like where they struggle with. So let's say, you know, they have, um, they're struggling with, with this concept and, uh, or managing, managing it and treat it as a necessary evil. But, um, have you noticed any commonalities between people in terms of what they think and how they approach and how you can change it? Absolutely. I've seen commonalities across the board and that's people giving money the power they give their power away to money. And the reality is money is just a tool. You know, money's energy. You use it to exchange for services. But people are giving money their power. So whether you're in corporate and you're making that six or seven figures, you know, you're connecting your entire being to that number or that struggling entrepreneur who knows they're not charging what they're worth. They're connecting everything to the money not realizing, I believe in the law of cause and effect. You are the cause, money is the effect. Now, I know right now with the insanity of the pandemic, countless people have lost their jobs, businesses have shut down. I don't mean anything like that. That's beyond your control. You didn't ask for it. I'm talking about the long game. You know, if you're always struggling in some way or if you're always in debt, then you have to look in the mirror because something's going on between the ears that you're the cause, money is the effect. I see. And how do you help 
um, people that you work with, how do you help them kind of get to know their money? Or like, what's the transformation that people experience? We first have to flesh out what they really believe about it. Because there's so many limiting beliefs from, you know, it's evil. There's never enough to go around. I'll have to work too hard to get it. Or nobody's going to pay me what I'm worth. I can't charge that in this economy. You know, everything connected to it. And, and honestly, none of us can su succeed beyond our current beliefs. So if you're stuck in those old mindsets, and I think the vast majority of us adopted them as kids, you know, growing up, it's what we heard from adults in our world. And, you know, the bill would come and we'd rather avoid it. Or, you know, you were told there's, there's a limited supply. The reality is money is not finite. There is an unlimited supply. Yes, the channels of distribution have changed, but we can create new channels to keep it flowing. So first, I want to make sure I know what people are believing about money right now. And nine times out of 10, it's a very limited belief. And we have to acknowledge that and get rid of that and have them own that they are the cause. Money is the effect. And that's also when things are going great. What if you have your best revenue month ever? Don't you want to know exactly what caused it? You know, did you increase your fees? Did you make more calls? Did you offer more services? So getting people to step back up into their power because we are the ones that should be in control, not the money. It's just the tool. Yep. I agree. I, I mean, I'm an accountant, so I definitely <laughs> agree with you. <laughs> uh, money's just the tool. And so many people are often fixated on, on it, um, that they kind of miss creating an impact sometimes yes. and just focus on the money. Yes. And again, thinking that, well, it's, it's more powerful than I am. It's something greater than I am when it, it truly isn't, you know, and there's so much guilt and shame and judgment connected around money at both ends of the spectrum. You could be in poverty you could be incredibly wealthy. And I'm sure everyone listening has experienced judgment on both ends or have seen it. And that goes back to people and their limiting beliefs that, you know, money's the bad guy, or if you're incredibly wealthy, you must be greedy. Why would you want, you know, how much money do you need? Or at the other end, well, if you're always broke, then you're lazy or something's wrong with you. And, you know, it's unfair judgments. But I want people to step up and say, yeah, I'm the cause, I'm in charge, money's just the tool. Yep. Do you think, I mean, um, do you think that, actually, why do you think that people are, I don't want to say awkward, but kind of like um, treated as, um, as the kind of I don't want to say elephant in the room, but sort of elephant mm -hmm. in the room and don't like talking about it, about money um, with their spouses, with their friends, with, you know, like, yeah. what do you, like, what's the, what do you have an opinion on what's the reason for that? I definitely see a lot of apprehension where that's concerned. And also, you know, fearing the judgment, you know, say, for example, you have a tremendous income goal for you that you really you're ready to hit it out of the park and we're going to work together and develop the strategy, the components, everything you need to do to get there. I really advise people to be very 
cautious with who they share their numbers with. You know you're on a growth curve. You know you want to go after that. But if you're sharing it with somebody that's still stuck in that old mindset, oh, it'll never happen. No one will ever pay you what you're worth. There is never enough to go around. You know, that market's already saturated. Don't bother. You know, they're just going to rain on your parade and drag you back down. So obviously, instead of them stepping up, I think it's sadly part of human nature. It's just easier. Why don't you come back down to my comfort zone? Yeah, that makes sense. So totally makes sense. It's just interesting to, um, I've actually spoken to someone who's a millennial and, um, um, she said something like, you know, it's people feel awkward talking about it and, um, and it's just, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, people feel open to talk about things like, you know, I don't know, love sex with no issue, but, but not about money. Money. Cause I don't, you know, whether they were growing up with guilt and shame or taught that, you know, you should never discuss that. You should never talk about it. It's like, it's taboo. But again, that's saying that money is this creature that has power over you when it doesn't, it's just a freaking tool that you can use to your advantage. So you need to take our power back where money is concerned. And what would be the first step for someone um, who kind of has that type of relationship with money? Like the, you know, the one that you've just, just described, what would be their first step to change that? Well, I often ask people if you want a rich and rewarding relationship with, with your spouse, with kids, with friends, with your clients, don't you have to pay positive attention to them? So how can you expect to have a rich and rewarding relationship with money if you don't give it proper attention? And you can start very simple, very simply. I have all my clients track their income on a daily basis, money tracking sheet. They literally write down the amount of money that comes in before expenses and from all sources, whether it's income, refund, rebate, found money, gift money. Simply write that number down even on days when it is zero, because I've had people fight me on that. I'm not putting the damn zeros down. But then again, then you're saying money has more power over you. Put the zeros down. You initiate the attention. You're still in the driver's seat. You know, and at the end of the month, then you can also look for patterns, see where those zeros are. When you see the patterns, you obviously can brainstorm, make different decisions, take different actions. So Tracking is important. And then I also suggest twice a month, put it in the calendar that you have money dates, tracking and dating where you literally look over your accounts. And now not at all anything like you would do, but I'm just saying people need to know their numbers. You know, look at the mortgage, look at the credit card statements, look at the bank statements, you know, see what the balances are, monthly payments, interest rates. Just be comfortable knowing your numbers. And I'm not talking hours, just a few minutes each. Because the more comfortable you are looking at it, the more embracing that you can, you're going to be able to use it as a tool that's going to benefit you instead of something you're avoiding at all costs. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. I mean, I think that you should face it. The earlier that you face it, the better. Yes, yes. And please believe that it is not a finite supply out there. I know some, you know, folks that, well, I'm afraid to invest. 
I'm afraid to invest in my business or even my own personal growth because then that money is gone instead of thinking about, no, this is could This could be the step. This could be the bridge that gets you to a place where you're taking, where you're making exponentially more. You know, we, we've got to get our heads wrapped around <laughs> the right direction. Yep. I agree. I totally agree. So when you work with clients, are there different types of, um, I guess, programs that you offer and what are they if there are different ones? Yes. Yes. Well, when I, I work with clients one-on-one uh, -on -one with private coaching and regardless of what they've come to me for, you know, it could be packaging their services. It could be branding, marketing. We always start with money because Again, money's going to impact all of us and touch every aspect of a business. So creating an individualized program for that, for that individual, depending on their needs. And then I also conduct group programs for individuals as well. And it, uh, there, money is always the common theme to a degree because, again, it impacts so many. And I also dive into how people are hardwired. Everyone has a money personality and like any personality, if you will, we all have gifts and we all have challenges. So one of the first things I have any client do is take a money personality assessment called crack your money code. And it determines how you're hardwired. And again, there's, there's no one personality that's better than another at attracting the abundance. And like anything, we all have gifts, we all have challenges. But if you understand how you're hardwired, you know, the awareness makes all the difference in the world in your, you know, in your decisions, in your relationship with money. Yep. I mean, this is, uh, this is great, um, great approach. I think knowing exactly how you are with money will, is probably like the best starting point, I think. Yeah. And again, it's not, it's not about guilt or shame. I've had people say, well, I want to take that assessment again. I want different results. Like, no, <laughs> that's not how this works. Because again, you could be on opposite. There's eight main money personalities. You could be on opposite sides of the spectrum from your partner or spouse or a business partner. And it's not that one of you is right and the other one is wrong. You have to have the awareness to know how you can best work together. Yep. I agree. Totally. This is great. So, um, let me ask you then when you have started, like when you've worked with a client for some time on, on this, I mean, you said you have individual programs and as well as group programs, what could you paint a picture of someone who has gone through your program, um, and has gotten, has kind of made it to the other side. Oh, yes. What, what would that look like? What would that product, um, final product um, of a person looks like? Yeah. Well, how you do money is how you do everything. Actually, how you do anything is how you do everything. You know, there's always parallels. And I had a client, for example, extremely creative and talented entrepreneur. She really was gifted, but she was nowhere near making what she needed to make. She often wasn't making her monthly minimum payments for her bills, really struggling. And when she was introduced to me and we started working together, realized, you know, we unearthed that she had adopted all these 
beliefs watching her mom and dad struggle. And I mean, no disrespect. You know, they were lovely people. They were doing the best they could with what they knew and what they had. But when a bill would come in, it would be thrown down. We don't want to look at that. You could, you know, she said she could feel the anxiety, you know, feel the negative energy in the house. And I asked her how she was with presenting her fees to clients. And she was apologetic. Like she'd be talking about her program or her service to someone. And then she'd say, and the fee is, and then is that okay? Like asking permission <laughs> to be paid for her gifts. But we tracked it back to what she heard as a kid growing up. And when she realized that, you know, I helped her raise her fees, structured her program, her packages and services, and had her practice over and over again. One of my mantras is when you talk about your fees, it should be the same energy as pass the salt. If you're at the dinner table and someone says pass the salt, you don't like choke up going, oh my God, they're asking me to pass the salt. No, <laughs> you just pass the damn salt. There's no big deal. I want people to have the same energy when they're talking about their fees. Like, if, And my fee is $1,000 and my fee is $10,000. And if you need to say it a thousand times, walking back and forth in your apartment or your house, do it till it gets to the past the salt stage. And I was so proud of her when she did this because when she was stuck with that, oh, money's just this necessary evil, she was tolerating a lot of negative stuff in all areas of her life. She was dating people that did not respect her, did not treat her well, and her business was incredibly, was suffering. When she stepped up to the plate, was charging what she was worth, confidently stating her fees, she immediately started making six times what she was making in the months before, and months into that, she ended up meeting the love of her life who treats her like gold and is now happily married. Nice. Nice. I mean, I could totally relate to not charging and apologizing for your fees yeah. because accountants are notoriously um, kind of famous for that. I mean, I mean, not clients don't kind of say that, but we as accountants, we have this one thing in, in common where for whatever reason, it's also mindset and it's also kind of beliefs that are that are buried deep down and they usually form when you get your first job. Mm. And, I'm, and it's probably kind of similar to in other professions and, and so on. So typically, you know, you go to your first firm and you learn there, you learn everything. You mm -hmm. don't just learn, you know, don't just get the experience preparing taxes, but you also learn clients and taking every client that comes through the, you know, through the door and, and so on and so forth. So every time it took me a while to realize and to actually accept that every client is not a perfect fit for, for my yes. firm, that, that I should stop apologizing for the fees and stop trying to make it work for every client that comes in. <laughs> yes. And yes. accountants, like a lot of accountants live in that, um, mindset for, for decades, you know, I was lucky to get out of it, uh, fairly quickly, but 
um, still I brought, you know, I brought a lot of damage to my own practice and my family because I was working for fees that were not reflective of the time that I spent and the expertise mm -hmm. that I bring in. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's so easy to get stuck in that rabbit hole. And especially because you hear, oh, you know, nobody's going to pay you that. This is, this is the standard or this is what's going on in the industry. Or, yep. you know, who are you to charge that? Well, who are you not? You know, you need to honor your own gifts. And like you're saying, you know, it's, you're not a right fit for everybody. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. That's great because I know I'm somebody's cup of tea. It's all good. But tolerating less than you desire and deserve in any area of your life, including money, God, doesn't that just erode away in time after time? I don't think it's a great way to exist. Yeah, I agree. And it's actually, I think it's it's a disservice, and, and I'm applying it to the accounting industry. Mm -hmm. It's a disservice to you as an accountant, but it's also a disservice to them because when you undervalue yourself, you're then stressed out because you have a lot of clients who, for whom you have to do a lot of work in the very yeah. short amount of time. And it's just, there's no way to do that error-free, stress-free with, you know, and give you all the benefits that you, that you have the right to in terms of your taxes or whatever it is that it may be. Yes. Yes. That's it. it I appreciate that you said it's also doing a disservice, you know, on the other side, because you could give it away. We've all given it away, our services at some point, and have ended up, you know, getting frustrated or feeling the resentment, you know, and that's going to take its toll one way or the other. So it does benefit. I mean, it's having boundaries, too. And when we have boundaries, to me, a healthy boundary is supposed to benefit people on both sides. I agree. I agree, absolutely. So kind of as a wrap up, I wanted to see if you can recommend someone to do one thing today to change their relationship with money. Um, I mean, obviously they'll be able to find you, your information in the show notes and so on to connect with you and to um, crack your money code. Um, I love the, the quiz style um, assessment. But if you were to, to, if they were to walk away with one thing from listening to um, to us today, what would that be? What what would you recommend them to start with? Like something that would be, create the most impact. I absolutely would suggest that they start with a money tracking sheet, keeping it simple but yet powerful, and don't be afraid to put the zeros down. We all have zero days because it still means that you're in the driver's seat because you're initiating the attention with money. And that I think is the first step into taking your power back where money is concerned. Yeah, I agree. Totally. This is great. Um, all right, Eleni, thank you so much for agreeing to appear on the show. Um, great nuggets of information and I'm super excited to, to have you on. Um, any kind of closing, closing, um, inspirational um, thing that you could share? Well, first, thank you so much for having me on. I really, really appreciate it. And I want everybody to realize and to believe that regardless of where you're starting right now, whether it's completely broke 
or, or you have it in the bank, that you absolutely can begin again. You absolutely can become empowered and put yourself back in the driver's seat. And it's going to benefit every area of your life. Awesome. I love it. Eleni, thanks so much again for, for agreeing to, to come to my show. Thank you.